Hello, this is Pastor Nathaniel, and you're listening to the Edda Talk for the Eddie Walk Podcast. Here you'll find messages meant to edify and encourage God's people in the maturity, purity, and unity that comes from following Christ. From devotional thoughts to sermons from our Sunday morning services, my prayer is that the time you spend listening to this podcast will help you grow closer to our Lord and also lead you to loving others like He loves us. Let's get right to it. Good morning. I got a lot of feedback last week about saying sheep were stupid. First, my daughter had to show me the picture she drew while I was preaching. It was a sheep going off a cliff into the mouth of a dinosaur. And the thought bubble above the dinosaur's head said, Mmm, cotton egg roll. Nice to know she's paying attention. <laughs> and I wish she were here so I could see how face her, her, how red her face would be right now. But she's on mama duty, taking care of Laura. Someone else approached me and said, Nathaniel, sheep are not stupid. They just need constant guidance. How true. Our only hope is Jesus and the help we have from the Holy Spirit. Anytime I've ignored that guidance, well, then I was in trouble. Then I needed that hook on the end of the stick to get me out of that trouble. Maybe you've been there too. Maybe we've all been there. Praise the Lord for our shepherd. If you'd like to bow your heads, I'll read the 23rd Psalm to us, and then I'll pray before we get to the message. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. 
and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Lord, we thank you for all the promises we have in this psalm. Lord, thank you for how in you we lack nothing. In you is everything we need. So Lord, help us to keep our minds, keep our thoughts, keep our eyes fixed on you. Help us not to want for anything other than you, because in you is everything we need. Thank you for blessing upon blessing. Thank you for being such a good shepherd. And God, I pray all these things in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. The psalmist writes, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Again, notice the shift. The first three verses or so was he. And then the psalmist shifts to you. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. A table in front of my enemies. They've done me harm or said things to purposely hurt me. That doesn't sound like a table I made reservations for. Because they're my enemy for a reason. Dude, I think back to high school and how uncomfortable I'd be to get to English class because my bully was in there. Why would I want to have a table in the presence of my enemies. But you see what the problem is? I'm focusing on my enemy. And when I do that, and all the hurt they've done me, and all the wrong they've done me, poor me. I'm the victim. Feel sorry for me. My focus is on the wrong spot. It's on me. How did that verse start? You. Prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. If it's in the presence of my enemies, that's right. He is with me. I just walked through the valley of the shadow of death and feared no evil because he, you, Lord, are with me. You prepare a table before me. And you know what? Anytime he's done something for me, it's been good. How about you? He prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. If he is with us, we have peace and protection from those enemies. If he can prepare a feast for us to enjoy, in the presence of our enemies, we must be safe. Because he is with us. David is writing from experience. His own son stabbed him in the back, took the throne. How's that for a mind job? David is far away from the palace. 
His own son ran him off. If that wasn't bad enough, his own son took bad advice, took all of David's stuff, and let everybody know that's what he was doing. Then Absalom, his son, is not done yet. He's going after his dad not to deliver flowers and say, I'm sorry. He's going there to make sure he can keep the throne. But then God does something that David put in the 23rd Psalm. I didn't do my homework to write or to see if David wrote the 23rd Psalm before or after this. But notice this blessing. Remember, Absalom and the army are about to attack David, his own son, his enemy. And then some people show up with something from God. Second Samuel, chapter 17, verse 27. I apologize in advance to all you sticklers who don't like mispronunciation. Second Samuel, chapter 17, verse 27. When David came to Mahanaim, Shobi, son of Nahash, from Rabbah of the Ammonites, and Machir, son of Emil, from Lodabar, and Barzelia, the Gileadite, from Lerogalim, brought bedding and towels and articles of pottery. Just wait. They also brought wheat and barley, flour and roasted grain, beans and lentils, honey and curds, sheep and cheese from cow's milk for David and his people to eat. For they said, the people have become hungry and tired and thirsty in the desert. He prepares for me a table in the presence of my enemies. How cool is that? Reassurance that the enemy might be close, but the shepherd is closer. Ready with blessings. And then David wrote this. We read it just a few pages later. Second Samuel. Let me read verses 26 to 33 for you. To the faithful, you show yourself faithful. To the blameless, you show yourself blameless. To the pure, you show yourself pure. But to the crooked, you show yourself shrewd. You save the humble. But your eyes are on the haughty to bring them low. You are my lamp, O Lord. The Lord turns my darkness into light. With your help, I can advance against a troop. With my God, I can scale a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is flawless. He is a shield for all who take refuge in him. 
For who is God besides the Lord? And who is the rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. Throughout the Old Testament, anointing is a sign that whoever is being anointed is set apart for God. You anoint my head with oil. In Exodus chapter 29, verse 7, we see that Moses was commanded to have the priests, Aaron, the priests, anointed with oil. They were set apart by God. 1 Samuel chapter 16, we see that Samuel anoints David king. Set apart as God's chosen king. Last Sunday, I totally left out a section of my sermon that I wrote. The Lord must have known it was for this Sunday. We were talking about how even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and their staff to comfort me. Isn't that a funny thing? You're walking through the valley of shadow of death. Place you might think you want to run. But our God likes to walk. God's people walk. Enoch. In Genesis chapter 5, verse 24, Enoch walked faithfully with the Lord. How about Noah? You've heard of him, right? Lord told Noah to build him an arky arky. He told Noah to do that because Noah walked faithfully with the Lord. And then get this. Genesis chapter 17, verse 1. Abraham was commanded to walk faithfully with God and be blameless. What does that mean, be blameless? Dude, we mess up all the time. Why would he give Abram that impossible command? Because he sets his people apart. He calls them to be different. He calls them to be holy. He said, Abram, walk before me. Walk faithfully and be blameless. But praise God, it's not our own holiness. It's the holiness of the anointed one. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Not our own holiness, 
but Christ within. Saving, reigning. Boy, I messed that up bad. It's the old hymn called called unto holiness. I got to sing it in my head to get it right. Not our own holiness, but Christ within. Living and reigning and saving from sin. When he's living and reigning and saving, we're going to find our cups going to overflow. That's how the Lord works, isn't it? He just pours it out abundantly. Blessing upon blessing. Dean Heckman Sr. likes to say, you can't outgive God. And he's right. You can't. You can't outgive God. I like how Jesus puts it in Luke chapter 6. You know, the Sermon on the Mount is recorded in Matthew chapter 5, verses 5 through 7. We also get bits and pieces of it in Luke chapter 6. I want to read you a couple pieces. First, in relation to how you, you can't outgive God. Listen to what Jesus says in Luke chapter 6, verse 37, and verses 38. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Not it might be given to you. Not it may be given to you. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. My cup overflows. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. All the blessings we ha- he has for us as we walk in relationship with him, living and reigning and saving. And all the blessings he has for us when we abide in him and abide by his word and his teaching. I'll give you a preview of the message for Vicki Maston's funeral this week. Because Vicki, Vicki was wise. She was a person of strong faith. You may know her sometimes she would doubt her faith. Bill is the same way. But I guess is there really real faith if there's no doubt? Something to think about. But we know she was a wise person, and we know we can be wise people when we take Jesus' words and put them in the practice. You know what's really frustrating? When people are so holy, so Christian, but they don't really practice God's word. By their fruit, you will recognize them. 
then the bad times come along and they fall apart. Jesus says this in Luke chapter 6, verse 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? I will show you what he is like who comes to me and hears my word and puts them into practice. He is like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on a rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck, that house collapsed and its destruction was complete. Some of you then here this morning are not old enough to remember Hurricane Andrew because it happened in 1992. So let me tell you about Hurricane Andrew. It hit South Florida and destroyed pretty much everything in its path. Everything except 17 homes built by Habitat for Humanity. There is just this one section of homes. All of them were still standing and perfectly fine. So, the guy who was in charge of Habitat for Humanity was interviewed on national television. And he was an eccentric fella. I don't remember the interview. I just read this in a book this past week. Just happened to read this and preparation, and this comes up, right? I had a lot of time to read when Laura was in surgery. Read and pray. I was praying for you, Lord, don't worry. So this eccentric guy who's running Habitat for Humanity, interviewed on the news, national television, and the person interviewing asks, what, how can you explain, how does this happen? And, of course, the first thing he said was, we are a Christian agency. We are built on the rock, and when the storm comes, it doesn't shake the foundation. Wonderful. I like what he said next, too. Everyone who builds our houses are volunteers. That means every single two-by-four has a hundred nails too many in them. You don't have to be an expert Christian. You don't have to brag about your faith because usually when people do, there's something rotten underneath. All you have to do is in humility consider others better than yourself. In humility, practice His Word. 
in humility, build your faith on the rock. And all the blessings that come. Blessing upon blessing. Through the good times and the bad. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Lord, I do thank you this morning for what a good shepherd you are. Lord, maybe there's someone here this morning who's who's being haunted by the fear of an enemy. Maybe it's called chemotherapy. Maybe it's radiation. Maybe it's death. Maybe it's a bully. Whatever it is, we praise you, Good Shepherd, for how you prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies. You are with us. Thank you for the peace and protection we have in our rock, in our shepherd. Lord, you anoint our head with oil. We are called unto holiness because you called us to be your people. We wear your name. Help us. You're our only hope. We need you. We can't do it on our own. We want to bring you glory. Not ourselves. Help us, Lord. In our walk with you. Thank you for how. As we walk with you. And live by your spirit. And live by your word. You continue to pour out. Blessing after blessing. And no matter what comes our way. We are so safe in you. Thank you for your faithfulness. May you continue to bless us. And may we continue to give you praise. And I pray all these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If this podcast is helpful to you, please rate us on iTunes or like our page, Springwater Church the Nazarene, on Facebook. Have a great day and Lord bless.